Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. From Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge, we're Out to Lunch with editor of the Baton Rouge Business Report, Stephanie Regal. It's business, Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Sometimes entrepreneurs find fame and glory by inventing a new product or service that creates an entire industry, like when Bill Gates invented the personal computer or Steve Jobs came out with the Apple. But sometimes success in business comes from really simple things, like addressing bad odors or figuring out how to make it easier to make a bed. With me today to discuss this is Maria Baca, CEO of Arrow West International, a Baton Rouge-based company that specializes in scent marketing and odor control for some of the country's most prestigious hotels, hospitals, and universities. Arrow West manufactures and services its own line of professional air freshening dispensers and 50 fragrances. The company is nearly 140 years old and was originally based in New York until 2012 when Maria and her husband bought the business and relocated its headquarters to Baton Rouge. Since then, they've slowly grown Arrow West throughout the country. As you can imagine, Maria didn't aspire to be CEO of a company that treats malodors when she was growing up. She actually came to the U.S. from her native Italy to get a Ph.D. in foreign languages. She ended up staying, running a travel agency for years before making the jump to the fragrance and odor control industry. Maria, it is the coolest story and one of Baton Rouge's well-kept secrets. So we look forward to hearing the details. Thanks for being here today. Great. With me and Maria are the founders of an idea that sounds so simple you can't believe it's real. And yet Judy Schott and Nina Gessen of Mandeville and mothers of several now grown children between them got tired of making the bed and more specifically lifting the mattress to tuck the sheets in. So they invented a way to make the bed more quickly, a better better, which looks like nothing more than a giant headband. And then they found a seamstress on the West Bank of New Orleans to make the bands and started selling them online and at arts markets and home shows. And then in the fall of 2020, against the odds, Judy and Nina landed a spot on ABC's Shark Tank. The episode aired in early 2021, and local fans got to watch while Judy and Nina wowed the sharks with their mattress-sized headband and secured an investment for $150,000. Since then, it has been a whirlwind of activity. The Better Better has taken off, and demand is crazy nationwide. Ladies, thank you all so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you. It's a fun, fun story. Well, Maria, let me start with you. Tell us about Arrow West. How did you come to take over this company? Well, first of all, um, the company started in New York. Right. But then uh, through the years, it changed and it became bigger and started moving like to Illinois and finally to California. Okay. So actually, we purchased the company when it was already in California. Okay. And brought it to Baton Rouge? Yes, because there is no way you can do business in California and Illinois. They're really. just difficult. Cost it's prohibitive. Very, very, yeah, very competitive. difficult. Um, so we moved 
the jobs over here because obviously we are from here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so all at once, we had the jobs, but we didn't have the people or the experience, you know, that necessary to start. And I didn't know anything about it. All did your one, husband know anything about it? Yes. Okay. My husband did. And uh, thank God. <laughs> so, but still, he didn't know anything about the administration, everything that was, you know, part of the base, the core of the business. He knew about sales. Okay. So anyway, um, so we had to really work to find the right people, try to go through manuals and all that to, to start and see how are we going to do this. Because the concept is very simple, you know. We started with the franchise. The franchise, no, it's not the usual franchise. We do everything for them. We do all the administrative work. We send them uh, ticket works that they have to do, like because we are in the service company. I mean, it's, it seems simple. but It, it doesn't wasn't. seem simple yeah. at all. But the whole fragrance industry is very yeah. specialized. I yes, mean, it's, but at that time, when we first bought the company, they were just in the restaurant. They were oh. just in restrooms. Yes, yeah, they were okay. just in the restrooms. So I said, God, I'll never... <laughs> I never thought I would end up in the restroom at my old age. But anyway, then it starts really getting interesting because the restroom is should be the best room in your building, in right. your house. Um, it's, you go there to relax. You go there to talk to your friends. You go there when you want a break from your boss. I mean, <laughs> and, I go, and I say, hmm, that's interesting. And also the smell. If you go there and you smell bad, if it smells bad, you're not you going to want to stay. Yeah, and you think it's not clean. So I said, hmm. So that's a good concept. If we really start convincing people that if, you, if it smells good, it also, you know, means that it's probably clean. Not necessarily, but, you know, that's the impression that people have. Anyway, so from that, we started going to... Um, the scent marketing, mm -hmm. because the more I study about, uh, you know, the sense of smell, and the more I got interested. I mean, it's the only, you know, it's a, a, a cranial nerve. What the, the sense of smell goes straight to your brain, you know, is connected to the amygdala and the hippocampus, and both of them, one threat, I mean, uh, sense the threat, and the other one is memory. So that is so interesting, and it is the most important sense over the others. Right. So I, I said, wow, can you imagine what tool you can have with a fragrance? How you know? powerful. Okay, so pause right there, because I want to hear more about right. how this story evolved, but I want to bring our okay. other guests into the conversation, right. and, 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 you know, Judy and Nina. So Maria is over here, and, and she's totally learning about a whole new industry, and Y'all worked in an accounting firm, if I'm not mistaken. Or an insurance. Insurance firm, yes. right. Okay. So you're not entrepreneurs and certainly not in, this, in, this, in the seamstress business of making bedding material to make it. How did this idea come about and how did y'all figure out how to jump into a very 
highly specialized niche. It was quite accidental, actually. Um, my husband and I uh, decided to buy a summer place on the Gulf Coast. Okay. And so, as people in Louisiana know, you cram as many people as possible <laughs> into the rooms. Right. And so, we decided to get two queen-size bunk beds. And the rule at the house was, if you sleep in the bed, you have to change the sheets yourself before you leave. And my college-age son was quite um, <laughs> smart in that he figured out quickly that these bunk beds were impossible to change the sheets they on. Are, he actually. kept hitting his head because he's like 6'2", he would hit his head, and so he started sleeping on the sofa. And um, I, I didn't realize why. And I was like, Tyler, why are you sleeping on the sofa? And he said, because those beds you bought are horrible. <laughs> and so I was mortified. I pulled the family and asked everybody. And they were all like, yeah, Mom, you bought these beds, and they're not easy to make. And so then I called Nita. I'm like, oh, no, I'm mortified. you got to help me. Surely there's an easier way to make a bunk bed. Seriously. So, I mean, yes. right. And so y'all are personal friends as well as coworkers. Yes. And you yes. literally called Nita up. And said, help me figure out how to make, make it easier for my family to make the beds. Right. That's correct. So, um, yeah, so Judy called me, and um, on the side, you know, we do a lot of work together. We've worked together for over 15 years, and we work on projects all the time. So we know we collaborate very well together. And she asked me, she said, I need you to help me. I was like, okay. And then I didn't do anything. And she said, are you still working on it? I'm like, I didn't know you were serious. Like, yeah. I said, if you're serious, meet me at Home Depot. And she did. We, I met at Home Depot, and I was like, we really soon realized that Home Depot is not a place to start a bedding business <laughs> so <laughs> our product so um we went back and we we I mean we did probably no lie probably 50 prototypes and we were starting to work on it and we we're getting people to help us and we realized you know what we need to do this ourselves so we bought a sewing machine I googled Yahoo and whatever um, yep. YouTube. YouTube videos on how to sew. So and I taught myself y'all to didn't sew. Know how didn't to know how to sew. sew. So I taught myself to sew. And it was taking too long yes. to give the prototypes to seamstresses who actually knew what they were right. doing. And we're so. talking months now. This process. Um, over? actually, we ended up doing it probably within two months. Yeah, but about I two worked months. every day after work, um, <laughs> every day, every weekend before work. I was on this mission. Um, and she was. She's like, where you at? What you got? This. And we, we finally, um, and we get it. We think this would work. And my son was the guinea pig. So every time I'd get one, I'd put it on. He had a um, loft bed at the time. So that works mm -hmm. perfectly for bunk beds. And he was like 15 or 16 at the time. And um, I don't know how many times I made him take his mattress off his bed. <laughs> you got to try that. And then, um, and then so we, we kept getting it. And we finally got it. I'm like, I think this is it. So I put it on his bed. And... I remember this was one of our aha moments. And so I said, put it on there for a week and see if it works, you know. And when I went to take it off, I said, I think this is it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get it back. I'm like, wait, <laughs> what, you like it? He goes, yeah. He says, my sheets don't come off. And he says, and I can actually put my phone on the side. That's when we realized, oh, it's a phone. You can store your phone right? and your books. You know, because before he'd call me to his room and say, hey, mom, come in here. I go in there. He says, can you get my phone? Because it fell on the ground. He didn't want to get down. Now he had a place to store it. And so that actor, I was like, oh, besides holding your sheets on and easy to use, you can hold your, you know, your phone, your books, your glasses, um, and you didn't have to lift that mattress again. And so at this point, were y'all thinking of actually scaling up and selling this, or this was strictly 
to help the shot family strictly to to get my son off the couch that was the mission originally yes but as it evolved and towards the end of the prototypes we kept thinking gosh if this is such a difficult task for us it's got to be for everybody else and that's when our wheels started spinning this i love this story now maria you were telling us about how you started to recognize you know the importance of fragrance and and you know how it triggers memories and makes so your company evolved into like scent marketing yes and and you come up with these signature fragrances or do y'all work with a manufacturer or you are the manufacturer well we tell them what we want and the company in Atlanta you know start coming putting it all together Uh, we have a different way to um, disperse those fragrances so they have you know even though it's the base the same fragrance right there are different components, chemical components, so you need to have somebody there that uh, tests it. Right. You know, because also has to last. You know, there is, it's, it's a uh, very complicated type oh, of operation. Sure. Yeah. So we have a chemist here in Baton Rouge. He will test it after they're finished, we'll change it, we'll tweak it a little bit, but the basic oil, uh, we get it from uh, Aerolice. And, and I mean, no offense to the Glade company, but we're not talking about one of those plastic kind of Glade air fresheners from the 70s that made everything. So these are like fresh, yeah. lovely, yes. enticing fragrances. fragrances. Yes, They are really clean fragrances. I mean, we went, you know, at the beginning when we first got those, they had two or three, like the berry, the orange, you know. I mean, we still have some of those, but then it got to a deluxe fragrance, and then we got to um, like the calming, or um, like if we have some of those fragrances in the hospitals, waiting room, because nice. you know, it just that with some of the lavender, some of this um, basic, you know, calming oil, it helps. Oh, sure. They don't realize that. But it does. And, and are uh, there natural ingredients in them, or is it all no, synthetic? No, no. Most of them are um, natural ingredients. But there are depends on the fragrance. Some, they will have some synthetic. That's so wonderful. So it depends on, uh, you know, where we use them. Right, 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 yeah. right. Okay. These Back are essential <laughs> oils yeah. at the base. Mm-hmm. But there, uh, there are some other chemicals that they add and um, to some of them. Not all of them. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Stephanie Regal. I'm talking to Maria Baca of Arrow West International and Judy Schott and Nita Gessen of The Better Better. Now, Judy and Nita, y'all have hit on this great idea. When do you decide to start selling it to other people? Well, Judy was like, you know, we should go to the local market, the trailhead in Mandeville, and just see what people's reactions. So we got a booth, and it basically was we, we hauled this big old mattress out there. <laughs> It was crazy. And at first, honestly, people were like, oh, a massage thing. It was like, no, because it was so, nobody's ever seen anything like it. And we had to really show them what it was. And every time we would show them what it was and what it did, they were like, oh, my gosh, this is ingenious. This is crazy. Um, And then so we started selling them there. Did you have inventory or you just taking orders? We had inventory, a low, uh, actually, the manufacturer we found in Gretna, she was able to make it as we wanted it. So we could order 100, let's just see, you know, order 200. And then we actually, when we went there, we told her, I said, this might be really big. And she's like, 
everybody comes in and says the same thing. <laughs> Calm down. I was like, all right. And now she's like, oh my gosh, this, you were right. This is big. Cause we, you know, we did a hundred, then we do 200. Now we need a thousand. Now we, you know, and she was like, this is really taking off. And it did. And I tell you one of the most, once I realized that, you know what, this really might be something besides going to the trailhead and, and, you know, confirming that people actually need this. Um, when we realized this would really help the senior market is after the trailhead, I was on the phone with my aunt. Now, my aunt, my mom, and my other aunt, they're over 80 years old. They're independent. They live by themselves. They go out dancing. And I was on the phone with her one day, and I said, you know, what you doing? She says, I'm waiting um, to wash my sheets. I'm like, what's wrong? I said, she's waiting for my cousin to come over. And I said, I said, something's wrong with your washing machine? And she's like, no, I can't put my sheets on by myself, honey. I said, oh. I said, you know what? I made something for my friend, because nobody knew we were doing this, you know, because it was just us doing it at the trailhead. I said, let me see if it'll work for you with size bed. And I got it. I went over there and I put it on for her. And she basically started crying. She said, this is going to change my life. It was the only thing she needed help with. And nobody wants to talk about that. So my, she told all her Pocino friends. My, talked to my mom. <laughs> my mom's like, I don't tuck my sheets in either. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Nobody was tucking their sheets in because they couldn't lift the mattress. So I made one for all of them. And I was like, you know what? And Judy's like, well, maybe we ought to go online. And we started going online and marketing, you know, the seniors and we got so many reviews, people calling us, crying. One lady bought it and she said, I'm buying two because I know y'all so new. If you got a business, I need to have, I need to have one for a backup. I mean, wow. they, it was just, and it took off like that, you know, and then we marketed it really well. Judy um, taught herself Facebook and she went from a hundred friends that she started, I shouldn't knew <laughs> nothing about it. And we learned about it and it really took off and it really started helping the senior market. And then from there, the younger people were like, this is good for me. It keeps it, you know, sure. older people don't have to lift the mattress. Young people, she's don't come out. So it ended up being something that we didn't intend it to be. And this was all in 2020, 2019, roughly. Um, this was 2020, basically. Yeah. 2019. End of, end of 18 yeah. is when we started. 2019 is when the activity we started like yeah. figuring it out. And, and at the trailhead, whenever, and the home and garden shows, we started to do, people would watch and they were the ones that started saying y'all need to go on shark tank and we'd laugh and then they'd say it again the next week y'all need to go on shark tank and then on facebook people would make that comment and so nita i'm more introverted she's she's in sales i was in op i am in operations at our insurance um company and so she was like i'm gonna go try out for shark tank and I was like, yeah, you go try out for <laughs> shark tank good luck with that i said i am never gonna go on shark tank and she went and tried out, and it was crazy. I, lo I love. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna come back to the Shark Tank story because that's a great story. But Maria, so they have a defined niche, and and they're the elderly market and the young people. Who are your Who are your clients? And and you use scent really as a way to help brand and to sell this to companies to help them attract customers Customer. in, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody. And um, especially the millennials, okay. they have yeah. real, they're really, really into that. Really? So um, that has helped us a lot. Mm -hmm. So because of uh, what uh, the sense of smell, how important it is, you know, you, we, we can go into um, places like even stores. Sure. You know, because people will linger more if it smells nice, really? you know, yeah. if they think. That's how it affects, mm -hmm. you know, their brain. Um, so we went from uh, hospitals, 
and we went into the university with different fragrances also to keep all the students, you know, even in some of those places, you know, to keep them more uh, thinking straight and more alert and all that. Interesting. We went so to scent can affect the way oh you think. Oh, my God. Yes. The emotions, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. If your eyes will see something, you know, they think, oh, okay, so maybe there is a threat or maybe it is good, it is beautiful. But if, for instance, you have a, a gas leak, you don't see it. Right. But the sense of smell immediately, and it gives you the vision, it gives you the, wow. the threat, and, you know, so it's a powerful tool that you can use it as a weapon or you can use it to attract, you know, for something positive. And that's what we're, you know, really get into it. That is so fascinating. And as you and your husband were learning about, you know, this business model and the franchising, were you also learning about the science of smell? Did you take classes? I had to. Oh, yeah. We went several places to learn, first of all, about how to identify the, um, you know, it's, it's just like when you have a wine tasting. Right. You know, with the right. fragrance, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to identify the different components, what makes, you know, if it is the bergamot or if it is the lavender or if it is that. And it just is a science. It yeah. all comes together and it affects people in a different way. Um, so that I had to learn. And also how the, psycho- the psychology of the... Um, sense of smell, I mean, uh, yeah. you know, this product, how it does. Plus, how to sell it <laughs> to, you know, to the franchisees. Sure, sure. Because they want cheap, you know, what mm-hmm. they do, you know, we sell some of the products to them. But every time that we improve the product and we get new fragrances, more sophisticated, more upscale, they get higher in price. So they think that they make less because they're afraid to charge more and to lose the account. You know, so it's been a struggle, you know, from all kinds of it's such And such a learning curve. Oh and and you God, change yes. and evolve as you grow. So, and, and the same with, with you, Judy and Nita. And, and, and with, once you took off on Shark Tank, things have just exploded. What was that experience like? You tried out for the show by yourself without Judy? Yes, actually, um, Judy said, if you want to go try out, go try. Good luck. So I looked into it, and it actually said it's easier to get into Harvard than it is to get on Shark Tank. <laughs> and forty to 50,000 apply every year, and less than 1% makes it. So Judy's like, yeah, go ahead. So I did. I looked it up, and there was a um, tryout in Kentucky. So I packed the car up, drove to Kentucky, and stood in line with everybody. It's almost like, like American Idol. Like how many people were in line? Oh, yeah. uh, over 400 to 500 people in line, just at the Kentucky one. And with, so their, with their little bags and boxes of all their little all dreams their ideas and up. It was amazing to see all the ideas that people had. Mm-hmm. And so that's when reality is like, okay, you know, this is not. But I went in and um, I tried out, and then we got a call back. And, you know, it, that first year we didn't make it. We were at the very end of the tryout season. So the next year was COVID, and we, uh, we had to apply online only. So I applied and immediately got a, a call, and we went through all the stages, and we made it that year, this year. So. And so they filmed it last fall, fall yes. of 2020. They summer, filmed summer, it, summer, summer. They filmed yeah, it August, in the summer of yeah. 2020, and y'all went out to um, California, up to New York, or what? Where Las they do Vegas. It? We were, yep, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. For 10 days. Wow. We, yeah, we had to stay quarantined for 10 days. We couldn't get out of our room. 
if we got out of our room, we were disqualified. So we were stuck 10 days. They brought us food. Um, we, yeah. So you couldn't we, go down to the gym and exercise. No, couldn't do you anything. couldn't get fresh air. So, oh, that's horrible. Shoot. <laughs> so, oh, we exercised. But we practiced for 10 days. So, wow. And then is the show, when you're on it, is it actually like what we see on the air or is it a very different experience? You know what? I have to tell you, it's basically just like you see on air. We walk down that aisle, the yeah. doors open and there they are. And that's the first time we see them. That's the first time they see us. We never communicate with them before. Um, so there's nothing like there, and they don't tell you anything. They said, you know, just go out there and pitch like you pitch into uh, an investor like you normally would. They, there's no script. There's no anything. No dress and, rehearsal. And I have to tell you, we actually <laughs> talked about that. I wonder if they have like a routine and have to act. It was a free for all. They were popping questions all at the same time. You know, it was it was crazy. And everything that we planned. I was going to do most of the talking because I'm sales. Judy wasn't going to do much of the talking. We got out there. She did all the talking. <laughs> I didn't do <laughs> anything. It's like everything just that you practice for were 10 days. Were y'all nervous as you were doing it or you just kind of got into uh, no, the group? Really? We had practiced yeah. so much. I'm, I'm, I'm very um, detail-oriented. and so She's, she's a lawyer. So she, she's we sales. She's fly by the seat of her pants. <laughs> and so for 10 days, we had adjoining rooms. And we literally, I think we practiced 50 to 100 times a day of how we're going to do the pitch and then questioning each other. So I would would say, you know, how much sales do you have, Nita? And, And she would ask me, when did it start, Judy? And we did this back and forth. So once those doors opened, we it was ready. just in our heads. It really was. But I didn't think I was nervous. And I think everything came out because when you know your product and you, you, know, you love something, every, nobody can throw you off by the questions. Right. But I do remember, I was wondering if they were going to show this, but my mouth was so dry. I mean, I would, the whole time I was like, and I've never had a dry <laughs> mouth in my life, except that's the only time so far that I've ever had like, Oh my God, I yes. can't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> wow. So it's little things like that. That is so great. Now, Maria, tell me about, about the size of your company and how it's grown. How many, how many franchisees do y'all have? And, and what's the size we, of your customer base? We have about uh, 50 plus routes. 50 routes. And routes, routes means like franchise groups? Some, well, some that have two or three uh, units, mm-hmm. we call it. Mm-hmm. you know two or three routes okay so probably we have about 35 franchise franchisees all around the country yeah. mostly and they for instance they start in one state and then they want to go to the next state and you know or uh, somebody wants to sell a franchise not too far from where they are and they buy it is okay. the industry growing yes is it, it it's is growing it's growing it's growing I mean, last year was a disaster. Of course. <laughs> you know, because all our hospitals were closed, all mm-hmm. the stadiums were closed, most of the university were closed, so it was not, uh, you know, so everything was put on hold. But now you can see they start calling back. Then, you know, we left all our uh, dispensers there, and so we're going back, and they're adding more, you know. Right. Because... Um, we also have added disinfectant now, oh, you know, great. like hand sanitizers or um, the toilet seats, you know, disinfectant because people, a lot of people don't want that, what, that uh, paper mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. ends up on the floor and it, it's just a mess. So anyway, we have also added that because 
disinfecting now is uh, the most important of thing course. after with COVID and all that. So um, it's helped getting the two together, yeah. you know. So um, we're trying to start now to, um, to add more franchises. Great. Okay. Because due also to COVID last year, a lot of people lost jobs. Mm -hmm. and they want to have their own business. Yeah. So it's, um, I think it's a good time for us to start pushing, Absolutely. you know, to get more franchisees. Fantastic. All over the place. And, and ladies, after your show, your business has taken off. I mean, you, you've scaled up to what, double, tripled volume? Yes, yes, double, triple volume. Hopefully in the next few months, you'll start seeing television commercials. Really? Um, yes, yes, and we're hoping to be on store shelves probably September, October. What kind of stores? Uh, big box stores? Um, yeah, big box, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, Walmart. Uh, we're, we're fingers crossed. Not not there yet, but we're hoping. And and not the the seamstress in Terrytown making these anymore. You she's have still a, yeah, she's I mean, still with us. Yes, she's making them. You don't have a, a large scale manufacturer? Um, not yet. It depends on how these television commercials roll out, but we will always um, continue to use the Terrytown manufacturer because we also have custom better betters that we sell. Because ah. not all mattresses are king queen full twin. There are many sizes that are off sizes. People with boats, RVs, um, all sorts of crazy triangular mattresses, circle mattresses. So we keep her very busy with the custom work. Yeah, we've learned a lot about mattresses. And when she said about the kings, not always, um, they're not all the sizes. You can say, you might think you have a king bed, and like the standard king is like 76 by 80. Right. I learned all this. Um, but when you measure, it's actually 74 by 79. And so the better, better wouldn't work because it fits on standard. So we have to make those custom. And then also, um, one of my favorite customs was, besides like the triangular boat, was um, this lady that, and she actually helped us. I mean, we ended up selling a lot to them, uh, the truckers. She has a truck, a bed in the back of her truck, and she, she said it's just impossible. So we made one especially for her, and then she was like, talked us up, and we started selling the truckers. So, <laughs> so it's crazy. many cool stories, and I have so many more questions. I wish we had more time, but Nita Gessen, Judy Schott, and Maria Baca, it's been so inspiring to see such innovative, creative women entrepreneurs taking everyday chores like making the bed or making things smell better and finding solutions that can be turned into fascinating successful businesses so y'all have been great guests thanks so much for joining me today on out to lunch thank, well, thank you. you for having us my guests today on out to lunch have been maria baca of arrow west international and judy shot and nita gessen of the better better we edited this show to fit into the time slot here on WRKF. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Arrow West International and the Better Better by listening to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast. You can find and subscribe to the Out to Lunch Baton Rouge podcast anywhere you get podcasts and on our website, it's batonrouge.la. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Out to Lunch Baton Rouge social media. Photos are taken by Eric Ott. You can find more of Eric's photos on Instagram at at acro, that's A-C-R-E-A-U-X. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and WRKF 89.3 FM. 
The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show was engineered by J.T. O'Neill. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti, and our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you around the table at Mansour's again next week for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Out to Lunch Baton Rouge is recorded live over lunch at Mansour's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansour's is open for lunch daily 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Shorten Associates, legal recruiters in Louisiana and Texas. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. 